Welcome to the Sparkcom podcast, where we talk about trends, innovation, and what's coming next. Uh, my name is Manny Turan. And I'm Adam Hartung. And we're Spark Partners. You can uh, check us out on sparkpartners.com. And uh, so here we are uh, uh, in 2021. We are going to talk about um, something that's very important to understand as we are uh, still in the midst of this pandemic. And we feel it's extremely important for our listening audience to be aware of some of the traps that we're, we as a uh, nation, as a community are really falling into, unfortunately, when it comes to um, really the pandemic and business. And so I wanna sort of frame all this conversation in uh, the light of planning for what you don't know. It's easy to plan for what you know, but in the end, we know that this world is a uh, ever-changing, ever-evolving beast. So we've got to be aware of uh, planning for what you don't know. So let's start off the conversation, Adam, with what are we seeing today with respect to the way that people are handling uh, COVID-19 in, in 2021? Well, Manny, we've been at this about 30 podcasts. And you may recall back when we started doing these, explaining to people that the, the history um, of, of, of what we built our, our uh, program on was understanding disruptions and that the disruptions have been around for a long time and that an awful lot of planning didn't plan for disruptions. It planned for business as usual. And so a lot of times people, when they got in trouble, what we learned through the research was a lot of people got in trouble because they planned for the past to be the future and the future didn't look like the past. So even though they were operating excellently, it was an obsolete business model. So disruptions are the big thing, right? They're the things that we gotta learn how to plan for but they're the hardest to see, the hardest to think about. And, uh, you know, I was one of the first people out there starting to do research on disruptions and how people look at them and how people react to them. There's all kinds of disruptions. You know, there's, there's disruptions in technology, disruptions in regulation. Uh, there's been a lot of disruptions over time, but there's really big disruptions that happen sometimes that affect everyone. And right now we're in the middle of one called you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. And it reminds me of the two biggest disruptions that we've ever had in America before this. One of them was the Civil War and the other one was the Spanish flu. Uh, in both instances, about 625 to 650,000 people died in America. Right now, we're on track to reach that number, perhaps even have a bigger number. So one of the things is, can we look back and take a look at what happened in those disruptions and see how people missed planning for the disruption effectively, which caused mistakes? And one, there are three kind of key messages. And the first one was this idea that, well, that doesn't really affect me. Um, we saw back in uh, the Civil War, if you were west of the uh, uh, Mississippi and north of the Mason-Dixon line, there wasn't much a battle happening in your territory. And so it was easy to sort of sit back and say, well, I'm not sure that the Civil War affects me that much. But of course it was, it affected the economy of the country. Eventually it was gonna to lead to a complete economic meltdown. The banks were all gonna close, supply chains were disrupted. Uh, people starved to death. And I mean, in Spanish flu was the same thing. And you know, we had uh, bodies piled up in the streets, no place to put them, uh, severe uh, breakouts of uh, bacterial problems. Uh, it, you know, lots of bad things were occurring that built up over time. And so right now we're hearing the same thing. There are people that are saying, you know, I live XYZ, and I haven't had COVID uh, affect my family, or I haven't seen it affect my neighbors. And that would be a bad assumption <laughs> if you're planning. 
because COVID-19 is affecting your supply chains. It's affecting your customer base. It's affecting your distribution channels. It's affecting everything about how you do business, how you sell, how you buy, how you advertise, how you connect with customers. Uh, it's all being impacted. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who are sort of saying, I don't really see it. And I don't really think I have to do much about it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, this is uh, something that I need to make sure is clear. We're not talking about a negative thing here that we're gloom and doom and, you know, everything's going, uh, going downhill and all that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about being smart about your decisions that affect you and those around you. And so the pandemic is affecting everyone, whether you know it or not. Uh, you mentioned before supply chain, travel. I mean, it's all intermingled. This is, this is not a, uh, a homogeneous sort of economy. Everything's tied together. So certainly for people that have that attitude, they are in themselves uh, blinded by the fact that this is touching everything. I mean, we're on to a year with this now. And if you think about uh, product life cycles, for example, fashion, fashion has four seasons and you have to have new product in the four seasons. Um, and people, we used to get on planes and we would, as you said, go find suppliers, talk to them about providing our product, even in, uh, in technology products, you know, where's the innovation happening? Where's the research? Who would I go talk to? Well, this is simply much more difficult to impossible. You're not going to be able to get on a plane and do that. You can't travel that same way, but you, you still need to accomplish those goals. You do still need to find fashion products if you're in retail or merchandising. You do still need to find those breakthrough technologies that could go into your product and you need to keep your product development moving forward. But you have to do it differently now. And it would be a bad assumption to wait and to say, well, I think that I could delay and uh, keep my business going along as it is uh, without making those changes now planning for the future, which is going to be one in which they're just, you know, it, it's affecting you today. That's the key. It's affecting you today. If you don't see it, if you don't feel it, it's because you're intentionally ignoring it. And we need to quit intentionally ignoring it. And in fact, look for those implications. How is that? How is the, the, this big disruption, this pandemic, how has it affected my supply chain, my customer base, the people I do business with, my partners, my peers, and how is that going to affect these relationships long-term, my product and what I'm going to sell and how I'm going to price it? Yeah, you see that all over the place. And uh, I uh, talked to you earlier about the example I use with some folks that are sort of head in the sand um, that have the September 10th mentality of uh, before the everything changed, at least in with September 11th and fast forward six months from that date, everything's still moving. Life still is still uh, progressing. We just have to get on the plane a little bit differently. We have to just change our uh, modality slightly and how we do things and how we operate. Uh, And those business leaders that are smart are going to embrace this and not see it as a negative thing, but see it as as an opportunity. And uh, you know, there's going to be business tomorrow. There's going to be things happening tomorrow and you've got to be, able to plan for that and not necessarily dig your your, uh, head in the sand. So the first mistake that people make a planning and disruption is thinking it doesn't affect you. The second one is thinking that this is going to end quickly. Uh, There's been a lot of people thinking all through 2020 that the COVID pandemic was going to end quickly. You know, this will go away. It's going to, you know, various people would say that, oh, at this date, you know, uh, you're not going to hear about COVID anymore. Well, in fact, that didn't happen. The number of daily deaths keeps rising. The 
total cumulative deaths keep rising. And in fact, uh, then we get to 2021 and in December 2020, we have the emergence of a vaccine that's proven effective. We now have two fully um, available vaccines, a third one that's very close. There's a third one already in the UK. It's probably going to get approved in the United States. So we're seeing these vaccines come on. And there's a lot of people who are saying, oh, the end is near. Okay. Oh, great. You know, I made it. We're done. And that's the second big flaw in planning is assuming that the uh, disruption will end much quicker. Uh, you need to think about this more like earthquakes, where you get the first earthquake and then you get a lot of second earthquakes and third earthquakes that keep rumbling on past that. Um, this, we are a long way from being in a situation where we're gonna be able to walk up and down the street and into restaurants and interact with each other without a mask, shaking hands, those sorts of interactions um, are a year away. We have to be very clear about this. It's going to take a million, minimum of 200 to 250 million people in the United States to be vaccinated before you get to the point where these sort of notions of herd immunity take effect and the vaccine's not transferable. That's, that's a, well, we're so far away from that. And especially if we have to use something like the Pfizer vaccine, which is two injections. Now we're talking about, you know, something that could be as many as 500 million doses that have to be yeah. handed out to people to even get to that point. So we're looking at something that this will not end for a very, very long time. In yeah. the case of the civil war, we had a situation where uh, the the North won a few battles early on, and it was like, oh, look, victory is ours. You know, look how much bigger the North is than the South. Look how many more soldiers we have than the South. Look how much more automation and manpower and gunpowder. We've got everything that the South doesn't have. This will be quick. It'll be over. We'll be done. That assumption alone caused a, a change in the way they thought about planning for the for the battles, a change in the approach to the supply chains, and extended the Civil War by two years simply because people were unwilling to recognize that, no, this is still a significant period of transition. There's a lot going on. Don't assume it's going to end early. People were caught off guard. Same thing happened in the Spanish flu where people thought, oh, look, a whole bunch of people died. It's going to end soon. And in fact, it extended out for another 14 months. There really wasn't any vaccine at that time. And people, it kept coming over in waves. It went through three major waves and killed over 600,000 people. Um, and so what we need to be aware of here is the same thing. This pandemic, these changes, these vaccines will not be having a major impact on the way that we're going to be doing business for at least a year. That means the trends which were set in place in 2020 will continue. So instead of planning for 2019 to reemerge, it's much better to say, where, where does 2020 set me? What's the direction that's got me going? And then, hey, I need to plan for 2021 and 22 and 23 to be a continuation of those trends. Right. And I would say that uh, it would likely be even longer than a year before we have that kind of interaction. I mean, there'll be many people, but if you think about uh, people that drive in their car with a mask on, uh, not really fully understanding what they're doing, right? We know it. you don't have to drive in a car if you're by yourself with a mask on, but people do it for a lot of reasons. And one of those is just good old fashioned fear. So those are the kind of folks that are, that are not gonna reemerge after a year, even if the whole country is, is vaccinated and inoculated, they're not gonna have that, uh, that sense of, of um, you know, not being fearful. And so those guys are gonna be you know, three, four, five years down the, w the way, uh, staying in their homes and, and having a different behavior than they did in 2019 uh, pre-COVID. 
We know that um, early on, whenever there are uh, technologies that, that, that are birthed, a lot of people are reluctant to invest in technologies. They're reluctant to invest in new business models. They look at those things and they're sort of like, well, wait a minute, is that really going to you know, be a trend or is that just a fad? And this is one of those times where we're able to bear out that these transitions are happening quickly. Remember my old stories about punctuated equilibrium? You have a long period in which things are much the same, and then there's a very big change, and then you set a new equilibrium. We're in one of those periods of punctuated equilibrium right now where things are changing very quickly. So, you know, for example, I can now buy dog food that's delivered to my door through some uh, new business operations, and it costs me less than I was paying for the dog food when I was going to a retail store to get it. That's a permanent change. Now that I've done that, now that I've gotten it delivered to my home and it's cost me less money and it's more convenient, I'm not going to go back to the way I used to behave in the past. And so we see these companies, you know, some of them are, are very well known like DoorDash that was recently emerged that are uh, making IPOs. Uh, but what the key here is to see how is that affecting your business? Are you sitting there saying, oh, you know what, dude, we're going to be back to doing business the way it was soon. And or are you saying, wait a minute, what happened in 2020 is a permanent shift and it's a trend and I have to get on that trend and I have to plan for it because I need to be an early adopter if I'm going to be successful. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of a, of a coffee shop that I visited and did a social media post about six months ago. There was a, the tale of two coffee shops. Um, one of them had adapted quickly to the, uh, the new way of selling. They, um, they closed their, their inside. They made a, a, a drive-through or a little walk-through window. They had a whole process. They had lines. They had demarcations on the, on the ground. And they figured it out. And that place was booming. They had a line around, around the block. Uh, two blocks away was another place that did not adapt. And they were basically shuttered down. They didn't adapt. They, they felt as though, well, things would come back to normal, or I, I don't know what their mentality was, but there's got to be a, a mindset shift in how you operate your business um, because it's not going to go back to normal. Right. You know, we saw years ago, people used to, uh, when they traveled, uh, let's go, I'm literally going back 75 years ago, uh, people would come to a small town, they would get someplace to eat. And then the interstate highway came in and we saw the emergence of the Howard Johnsons of the world, right? The fast foods all came into being the McDonald's, the, the Kentucky Fried Chickens that could position themselves on the interstate highways to be much more convenient, right? So this was a permanent change. And those small town restaurants, of course, changed dramatically, fewer of them operating differently. Then what we saw was the emergence of, of, of a whole different way of, uh, of operating where we would didn't rely on going down the highway in order to get our, our food. And that caused those highway-based institutions like Howard Johnson's that didn't understand that, the, that that was not, you know, the only way to compete. In fact, food quality and other important factors made a difference. And so then Howard Johnson's got left in the wayside. So that's what we have to be looking at today. We have to say, wait a minute, we have this new technology, this new Zoom technology. We have, uh, you know, uh, delivery technologies, we have planning, the ability to look at our inventories and then match it up with pricing for our customers. We have all these tools. Are you using them now? Or, because the point is, is that you will be using them or you will be out of business. And so right now, what we have to do is start to say that this is not going to happen quickly. The pandemic is not going to go away quickly. You're not going to be able to rely on falling back on old technologies and old business practices anytime soon because this is going to go on for another year and you need to be making those investments to be successful now or you will, you will have no long term. Yeah, and I'm reminded of uh, just driving around yesterday 
uh, of the amount of um, commercial real estate that is absolutely stagnant. And uh, I have lots of friends that are in the business. And, uh, you know, two years ago it was booming and you couldn't find any space. And right now there is just a complete overabundance of space. And uh, of course the uh, uh, retail, uh, retail again, right? All the, the closing stores, that was already a trend. And of course with the pandemic, it just, it gave it a big shot of steroids to accelerate that trend. And you're seeing closures all over the place, big names, like Jesse JC Penney's are on the ropes. Sears is all but dead. Uh, I mean, we can go on and on about retail, and we've discussed it in the past. But what are your thoughts on on commercial real estate as an example of one of those uh, groups of uh, uh, one of those markets that is sort of standing stoically because they almost have to. They have all this brick and mortar. What are they going to do with it? Well, I'm always I'm amused because as I watch the BBC or I watch CNN and the news channels, I often see interviews with uh, leaders of companies and leaders of commercial real estate organizations and the real estate investment trust. And all of them talk about, uh, you know, this is my business, what I'm doing, and I can't wait until I get everybody back in the office. We miss everyone. We want to. And that is just boulder dash. That's the part that I think we have to be careful about as planners is we sit there and say to ourselves, really? You really think that's going to happen? There was one fellow who was head of a commercial real estate company out of London who said that he was in an interview and he said that he was going to be very, very successful in 2021 because due to social distancing, you needed far more square footage to accommodate even fewer people. So he saw that commercial real estate was going to be a great investment for 2021. That's just boulder dash. That's just crap, right? That's bad thinking, bad assumptions. But it does feed the narrative of people who want to believe that things will, you know, that this will all be over soon. You know, it's all going to end and now we can just, you know, get back to doing things. And it feeds that narrative that people want to believe the fear side narrative, you know, I don't really want to change narrative. And we have to realize, no, no, it, big things happen. Big businesses go out of business. Uh, big changes in infrastructure happen, you know, and things that were once very, very valuable become less valuable. So right now, what we have to do is be focused on, wait a minute, how do I make the changes to my business so I can grow my revenues now? I'm not going to wait and grow my revenues in 2022. I'm going to grow my revenues in 2021. What do I have to do to make the changes to grow in 2021 and get very, very focused on that? We know that the key to long-term success is growing your revenue. Even one hiccup of one of two quarters, just two quarters, a half a year, can put you in a position for competitors to leapfrog you. So if you're sitting there waiting and somebody else isn't waiting, they're going to grow, you're not, and they're, look how much stronger they're going to be in just six months to a year. So yeah. you can't wait. You can't just say, oh, this is going to end soon. No, that's not going to happen. This is going to take a year at least to get to the other side of what we're calling the pandemic today. But it could be longer. These new variant streams are coming along. They could be harder to control. It might take well into two years before this is uh, brought and arrested under control. Don't make the mistake that people made in the past of saying, oh, this disruption will end soon. Plan on it to be permanent. And we will be in this uh, very difficult state for many, many months. One of the in interesting things about the time that we live in now is that people have access to so much information uh, and news channels and news resources are abundant. And you can literally find an article that suits your, your mode of thinking. Uh, there's some articles out there that I read that said that 2021 will be an absolute banner year for business that all the pent up frustration of 2020 
is going to finally unleash in 2021 and beyond. Then you read reports that are the exact opposite, gloom and doom and this and that. And uh, I think that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who has uh, the directive of, uh, of your company, I think you've got to assume that things aren't going to go back to normal and you've got to prepare for growth in 2021. I personally think we're going to have a banner year, and, uh, but it's going to come at the cost of those that don't think that it's going to be a banner year. Right. You're going to have businesses that are going to be, uh, have this hyperbolic growth and you're going to have ones that are falling off the edge of the cliff. Which gets to the third factor, which is um, people that think we're going to return to normal. And that's a phrase that I wish we could wipe from the lexicon. The, 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 what they're referring to is business as it was conducted 2019 and before, we will never do business that way again. 2021, 2022, 2023, we are merging into other new business models, new ways of getting things done. Like I said, we've just gone through a punctuated. We're in the middle of a punctuated equilibrium. We're looking for that new equilibrium, but we will get there for a couple of three years, but it will not look like the past, right? It will be somehow different. And so therefore, what we have to do is build ourselves out for that future that's going to be based upon these new technologies. If we take a look at, you know, kind of what happened, let's take, for example, the Civil War. At the end of the war, uh, there were people that had not prepared, did not know what they were going to do. Um, the uh, lack of free labor meant that their farms were uneconomical. And we saw these carpetbaggers sweep in, right? And they came in with these bags full of cash and they bought up the estates that got the land. And they got it at low cost because nobody had prepared for a new future. Uh, today, we call those people private equity. So they're out there and they're ready to start picking things up at pennies on the dollar if you don't make your business more valuable. But what really happened was that the Industrial Revolution began prior to the Civil War and it was making hand labor less economical. So there was no way at the end of the Civil War you could continue to go forward with agriculture unless you automated. You, know, you, had, to have, you had to move to machinery to do a lot of the tasks that were done by people. And the slowness by which many of the people in the South moved caused the perpetual um, inequality problem to develop where the north of the United States was much more uh, automated, industrialized, really pushing on industrialization that skipped across to the western part of the United States, very heavy industrialized. But we saw that uh, a lot of the south didn't make those moves towards the new future, which was industrialization, and therefore lagged. The breadbasket of the country moved from the south to the midwest to the plain states. And, you know, it's just caused you know, 40 to 60 years of very difficult economic times in that part of the country. And so that's what we have to look at today. We have to say, wait a minute, the new normal is going to look very, very different from the past. So we have to go out there and make that happen. Do not use old assumptions. Start saying, wait a minute, if people are getting business done with this kind of, with podcasts and interactive technology today, they're going to continue to use that technology. If people are able to get from A to B by using um, Lyft or, or another car service, and they find that more economical than owning a car, then they're not gonna buy cars, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if people find it more economical to put solar panels on the top of their house than pay for power that's produced in a, in a nuclear plant and ship 400 miles before it gets to their house, then that's what they're gonna do, right? If it's more reliable. That is the future. And so what we have to do is the third piece of managing or planning from times of disruption is to start saying, wait a minute, what are my scenarios in the future? What is the world going to look like? How do I actually make that, make myself part of that future? Yes. And this is a, a great segue, by the way, to invite our listeners to go to our website, uh, sparkpartners.com and download uh, our ebook called the COVID-19 Disruption 
thrive to the future. So this ebook has lots of resources and insights for uh, business leaders and owners to look at as they map out what they're going to be doing in 2021 and beyond. And it really starts with, with the self, recognizing this in yourself and the mindset shift that needs to change in order to uh, recognize that things are not going to go back to normal. Things are, are affecting you no matter if you know it or not. And you've got to prepare for it if you want to uh, succeed and grow in 2021 and beyond. That's right. And as you know, Manny, we started back in the summer of 2020, putting together a training uh, program for people to be able to do the planning the right way in 2021. And now we have that available for folks. Absolutely. Also on our website, sparkpointers.com, Think Innovation is really a a banner course that uh, culminates a a tremendous amount of of case studies, over 12,000 case studies, uh, looking at this uh, longitudinal uh, study that you did uh, many years ago and continue to update. Uh, And it's a really great resource for people to to look at as they map out their 2021 and beyond. This is not just a blip on the radar. This is really a significant course correction that will set you on the course for uh, sustainable success, which is what we all want. We don't want success and then the next quarter we're we're trying to survive again. We want to, uh, to launch something we have sustainable success. And it comes with lots of work. Companies like uh, Apple and Tesla are continually innovating and reinventing themselves, Netflix. And so these are all examples of companies that do this and know how to do it. And now that has the, uh, now you have the ability to do it as well in your company. Yeah, I think that people should take advantage of the 30 plus videos, the worksheets, all the modules there. It starts from the beginning where it talks about how do you plan, how do you identify trends? How do you look into the past to to see what uh, has changed? Then figuring out what kinds of disruptions are happening in your business from the bigger world and then planning forward into those scenarios. So there's a full blown kit that's going to, you know, you're not going to get through this in four hours. It's going to take you several days to try to plan your way through it. But the good news is it's a kit that gets you to the plan for the future. And I think people should start thinking real hard about it. If you don't have that, maybe you need some tools that can help you. Agreed. Well, just to wind up the today's podcast, I also want to invite folks to uh, send us an email. We're looking at uh, featuring some companies on our show here in 2021. So you can email me or Adam at manny at sparkpartners.com or adam at sparkpartners.com. And let's get your company featured on our podcast and uh, looking forward to the next time we chat. Thank you, Manny. Take care. We'll see you.